Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Come Follow Me Today, a brief message to help us experience an additional spiritual moment in our otherwise complicated lives. My name is Caleb Sanford, and thank you for joining me as we accept Christ's invitation to follow him today. Well, I know I've fallen a couple weeks behind with this podcast, but we're going to do our best to keep going and catch up. So in today's episode, we're continuing with the story of David, the young man that the Lord called and anointed to be king of Israel after King Saul had fallen out of favor with God. It's now been some years since David had his fight with Goliath, which we talked about in the last episode, and King Saul has now been killed by the Amalekites. David has been crowned king and eventually is able to reunite the entire people of Israel, who previously had a falling out that had led to the division of the northern and southern kingdoms. David then conquers the Philistines as well as other nations, and Israel seems to be on a high note in their history. The Lord is with David and has helped him to lead the people of Israel to victory in war and peace at home. Many to this day consider David to have been the greatest king in Israel. Quote, So David reigned over all Israel and executed judgment and justice among all his people. End quote. Well, it didn't last forever. Quote, And it came to pass in an evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her, and she came in unto him, and he lay with her. And she returned unto her house. Oh boy. All right. Well, this was obviously a severe lapse in judgment by King David, who was a married man himself and then caused a married woman to cheat on her husband. A husband who was fighting in David's army, no less. And it gets worse. It turns out that Bathsheba became pregnant after their one-night stand. And so David tries to trick Uriah into returning home from the battlefield to sleep with his wife so they could pretend that it was Uriah's child to cover their adulterous tracks. Well, this doesn't work. Uriah is too committed to the war and his men and doesn't want to return to the luxury of his home while his fellow soldiers continue to fight. So then David sends Uriah out to the front lines and tells his general in that part of the war to, quote, set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retire ye from him that he may be smitten and die, end quote. Well, after Uriah is dead and Bathsheba completes her period of mourning, David then takes her as one of his wives and she has their son. All right. The Lord is obviously not happy with David because of all these choices he had made. Not only did he make a major mistake in sleeping with Bathsheba in the first place, but he refuses to own his sin and instead creates an elaborate plot to cover up what he had done. But the Lord knows all and sees all. Quote, the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. End quote. So what do we learn from this story? That even the mightiest of men, those who are faithful and serve the Lord diligently, everything that you and I are trying to be, that they're still susceptible to temptation and can fall into sin just as hard as those of little faith? In reality, you and I are faced with situations like this all the time. Everywhere we go, we're exposed to images and experiences that will tempt us to make bad choices. So what went wrong with David? How did this man who is so close to the Lord, so spiritually strong, how is it that he made all these terrible decisions? Well, it started with something very small. He didn't turn away. When he went onto that rooftop and accidentally saw Bathsheba bathing, he had a split-second decision to make. 
Would he turn away or would he keep looking? None of us can completely control what we see and are exposed to in this world. There are inappropriate images, words, experiences, opportunities, and other temptations all around us in this digital age. Ads on our favorite web pages that try to clickbait us into diving into content that will drive the spirit away from us. Images on Instagram and Snapchat that make us covet other people's lives. Commercials that play on streaming services for inappropriate content when all we're really trying to do is watch the next episode of Star Trek. I took my kids to a family swimming pool just this weekend and was shocked by the types of swimsuits, if you can even call them that, that I saw. David couldn't avoid everything either, and when he went onto his rooftop, he accidentally saw a beautiful woman bathing herself. That was not his fault. And all his years of spiritual upbringing by Jesse, the mentoring he had received from Samuel and Nathan the prophets, the experiences he'd had with the Lord helping him to deliver Israel and reunite all the tribes, all of this had prepared him for this kind of moment where he would be faced with strong temptation. A lifetime of spiritual growth to give him the strength to turn away. But he didn't. He failed. He kept looking at Bathsheba. And every second that went by, All the years of spiritual fortitude that he had been developing began crumbling away faster and faster. Instead of running back to his room to take a cold shower and pray to God to help him push out the images he just saw from his mind, he instead, quote, sent and inquired after the woman. By this point, David had gone down a road that he couldn't turn back from and, quote, sent messengers and took her and she came in unto him and he lay with her. And then rather than face the shame of his actions, he doubled down on his sin and killed her husband and took her for himself as wife. You and I have to be ready for when we're exposed to something that could draw us away into sin. When the moment comes, we won't have any time to think about it either. It doesn't matter who you are, how strong your faith is, whether you can trace your genealogy back to the pioneers, all that matters is in that moment, whether you and I have the strength to turn away and run. David didn't, and maybe you and I won't either. I remember when I was serving a mission in Argentina, there were inappropriate sexual images in pretty much every storefront. Walking down the street was a constant onslaught of temptation. There's a scripture in the Book of Mormon where Nephi prays to the Lord, quote, O Lord, wilt thou make me that I may shake at the appearance of sin, end quote. I must have said that verse to myself a million times on my mission, trying to maintain the strength to divert my eyes every time I saw an inappropriate poster of a woman on someone's window. I had a picture of my future wife taped to my missionary agenda that I would stare at as I walked around to try to replace the images in my mind. At one point, my companion and I were teaching a car mechanic, and car mechanics in Argentina all have posters of naked women hanging in their shops that their parts suppliers send them. There was one of these posters on the wall of his room where we would have our lessons with him. It would be an understatement to say that this was a distraction. At first, my companion and I would orient our chairs so that our backs would be to the poster, so that we weren't looking at it, so that we could maintain the spirit. But that meant that the mechanic, Carlos, was staring right at the poster of the naked lady as we were trying to teach him about Christ. That wasn't going to work. So then we turned the chairs so that Carlos could listen to our words without having this image right in front of him. But that meant that now we were facing this poster as we taught. That obviously wasn't going to work either. Finally, I said, enough is enough. 
and I went and grabbed Carlos's ladder, went to the wall, and with my eyes closed, groped around the wall until I found the poster and tore it down. Carlos, the mechanic, couldn't believe I had the gall to do that. I said to him, look, either she goes or we go. He let me trash the poster. But perhaps the most similar experience I had to what happened to King David was a couple months later. We were visiting the mission headquarters, hanging out in the apartment of the assistants to the mission president, when I happened to look out the window of the room I was in. Across the way was the window of a woman's bedroom, and at that exact moment when I had looked out my window, she was in the process of changing her clothes. Like David, I had a split-second decision to make. I had spent the last two years since getting baptized building up my spiritual strength, developing my new sense of morality, trying to keep my mind clean and focused on God. If I would have chosen to keep looking out that window, those two years of work would have come crashing down. And like David, I might have been lost. But fortunately, I was able to shout in my mind, O Lord, wilt thou make me that I may shake at the appearance of sin? And I threw the curtains closed to the window. Now, here's the thing with situations like this. You and I are tempted all the time by things that would draw us away from God, whether it's inappropriate sexual images, opportunities to bend the rules to get financial gain, drugs, fashion, hostility, or jealousy on social media, or the multitude of other things that can make us forget our covenants with the Lord. But if we can have the strength in that moment to avert our eyes or to say something to stop the situation from escalating, or maybe just to run away. If we can successfully do that, our faith and spiritual fortitude is strengthened even more. We get a shot of spiritual adrenaline knowing that we did the right thing. There's perhaps no bigger thrill than overcoming temptation, or knowing that you chose God over Satan at a time when it mattered most. As you and I try to make the choice each day to accept our Savior's invitation to come and follow him, we are going to have to make decisions, often very quickly, about which of the hundreds of paths that confront us each day will go down. There's only one of those paths that follows our Savior, and often it can be hard to see. But if we can keep our feet on that path and keep our eyes on Christ, there's more joy and peace that we'll find there than on any other path we might choose. Thank you for listening today, and I'll see you next time.